Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Today, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving, thanking God for America, the GOP Civil War, Ronna, Reince, Kevin, and Mitch. It's really important. It's not just an inter-party battle. Died suddenly, doctors and data versus Biden and passports, and freedom fighters around the world are rising up, Brazil, Iran, and even Europe. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, health care freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. And hello again, and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is the Tuesday before Thanksgiving and other years, in fact, many years on my radio show and on this show, um, I would talk about Thanksgiving and kind of the reminder about how uh, it, we're just in the most precious, uh, extraordinary nation that has ever really been created. And I would tell the story about how when the people fleeing religious persecution, came over to America very, very early on, long before the revolution, long before the, the um, Declaration of Independence. They had one time when they tried uh, this idea of, they didn't call it socialism yet, but they had the idea of communally owned farm properties of these people who've you know, suffered just a, just a horrific sail across the ocean to come to America to find a land where they're gonna have religious freedom. And they obviously many people passed away during the voyage coming across the ocean. Uh, they had you know, various plagues running through. So they really had had a struggle and they get to the, this new land where they're gonna have religious freedom. And they had committed as part of the funding for this journey, they had committed to communal farmland. So basically they had carved out an area they're gonna be farming and they didn't have individual ownership. They had one person, uh, you know, one didn't have one person or family owning a, a particular piece of the farmland. It was one big area of farmland and all of the sellers were asked to work communally. At the end, when they had this communal crop, they would divide it up. And they discovered after exactly one year of doing that, that nobody works when you try that, that people will not work hard. They will not commit to developing their property. They will not commit to the whole concept um, of personal responsibility when the government was telling them with the government of that time was telling them, it doesn't really matter because at the end, if you work, you don't work, you still get the same amount of food and the same amount of money. They literally almost starved to death, even back then, due to socialism. I used to tell that story and read long passages from the diary of the uh, gentleman who was running that. And I don't want to do that today, but I do want to say about Thanksgiving. It is an extraordinarily important holiday. It is uniquely American. And it is about thanking God for many of our, our abundant blessings, for opportunity, for family, for friends, for love, for home, for food, for supply, for prosperity, just for God's wisdom and protection. It is a day dedicated, it's my favorite holiday, because it's a day dedicated to simply thanking God for his extraordinary and great goodness toward his people. It's a simple holiday. We're not racing around trying to find Christmas gifts and exactly the right gift for everybody in your list. You're just enjoying good food, family, friends, um, and a day of, of gratitude. So I love Thanksgiving for that. But it's really kind of interesting where we are now here in America in 2022. It's almost like we're in the battle they had in that first uh, first year of farming the land when the um, people seeking religious freedom came over to America. We have people thinking that somehow socialism is going to work and we're going to have abundance and prosperity and all of that when, when no one's inspired to work if, if you're being taken care of. It's obviously far more complex and where we are today. And I'm, I, I, wanna, I will close out the first five by getting back to the idea of America and thanking God for America. But where we are in this time in 2022, we in the world, we are in an enormous, enormous international conflict. It is not yet armed battle. And I don't ever want to become armed battle. But we are in a battle in this world for 
whether the idea of individual rights and individual freedom from God and the right of the individual to live in freedom, to own property, to, to live their lives as they choose, as long as they don't hurt others, the notion of a limited government and the rights of God being protected from God to man, being protected by government, that vision of freedom and God-given rights is one side of the international war. And the other is the amazingly, astonishingly growing marching movement toward socialism, Marxism, communism, and in that is inherently godlessness. Not just a decision not to go to church on Sunday or synagogue, not just a decision that you personally don't, uh, don't happen to believe in God, because that's your right, to, of course, but it's the idea, the idea of God the, on the left, the idea of God must be driven out of modern society. So this big international war we are in, and we're watching it on many, many battlefronts, is a war between the idea the founding of our founders of America had, this notion that we have the right, we have God-given rights to live in freedom, and the notion that we simply must have a new form of tyrannical, non-responsive, non-accountable control over our lives. It's the World Economic Forum is the globalist mindset, is the rising communist movement in this world and in America reasserting itself. And they're a little bit similar to the monarchies, especially the repressive monarchies, where they just don't really care what you think about what their policies are, what rules and laws they put in place, and how it affects your life. They don't care. They think they're smarter than you, they're entitled to rule, and they're going to rule if we just let them. That's the big international battle we are in. But right back here in closing out this first five about Thanksgiving, we're in the battle in America today over the concept of whether our, the founding ideas of America can be protected because these ideas that founded America, they built this country. The reason America is extraordinary and unique and great, why we have we're the land of opportunity still, why, we're, why around the world anyone fleeing repression, if they're given a choice, the UN has talked about this, they are, the first choice is always America, because people understand America is a country where we are committed to the unique idea of the right of the individual to live in freedom. We are in this time in America today where we have one half of the political you know, power that powers that be in this country, the Democrat Party has completely capitulated to the Marxist communist socialist agenda, the ideology. They don't call themselves that yet. They understand that it's not palatable. So most leftists, most Democrats won't say, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a you know, member of the Democrat Socialist Party. But that's where their policies are. That's where their agenda is. That's where their behavior is. That's where their mission is. And on the other side of the aisle, we have people who at least still mouth the words, mouth the concepts of the idea of their of individual freedom and all those great ideas of America's founding. But there's a battle within that side of how much does that really mean? Because what President Trump, when he ran, in his 2015-2016 campaign, spoke a great deal about MAGA, their, I Make America Great Again, was restoring individual liberty, restoring the borders, restoring a, a free society that was going to reject socialism and communism, restore free markets and freedom. It was a concept of bringing jobs back and, and reinstilling love of America and love of the notion that each of us has individual rights from God and we have the potential and opportunity to live out our life in the way we choose, that we each have a capacity for self-reliance, for self-sufficiency, for all of the great things underlying the ideas of the founding of America. That's what MAGA was and what President Trump ran on. And that is where the vast majority of the voting base of the Republican Party is. Whether they do or don't like Donald Trump, they love the MAGA agenda. They love the idea. The rest, it, MAGA is really a lot about restoring the individual promise of America, the ideas captured in the Declaration and the Constitution, and the founding ideas of, our, of our, the, the, the uh, extraordinary thinkers who found, founded this country and spelled out this new chart for freedom, new charter for freedom in the world. So that's what we have, the battle we have on the right is that whether or not the people who love America and love them, want the MAGA agenda to return, 
can hold on to power as many in the um, conservative side of the aisle don't really like this MAGA agenda at all, don't like people feeling empowered, don't like people thinking that we have the right to individual freedom and to pursue our dreams. So closing out on Thanksgiving, I love Thanksgiving. I hope each of you has a wonderful Thanksgiving this week. Hope you enjoy your day and your food and your apple pie, whatever it is you're having. But I also hope we each have some time to thank God for the very existence of this country, for the idea of America, for the founders' unique creation of what America is, and that we all recommit ourselves to be part of defending that country. Every generation of patriots has the obligation to understand and then stand up for and restore and protect and defend the very idea of America. It, the ideas that founded America are truly the greatest gift of all. We all can be celebrating on Thanksgiving Day. We should be celebrating and recommitting ourselves to standing up for those precious, extraordinary ideas. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. Okay, so I call this GOP Civil War kind of ties in with what I was saying um, in the opening of first five. It is so interesting. We just had the midterms and leaving aside my, uh, my, you know, just unequivocal belief that there was a much larger red wave than the out reported outcome suggested. There was a much larger red wave and there's just a, a mountain of systemic uh, built into the system election fraud. In fact, if you missed our show yesterday, we had Dr. Douglas Frank in studio yesterday talking about the mountains of irrefutable statistical proof that shows that our elections are manipulated. We simply don't have the free and fair elections we are, have the right to expect to have. So if you, did, if you missed yesterday's show, go back and listen to Dr. Douglas Frank. But today I want to talk about this idea that what's happening within the GOP it is so interesting because the the uh, people who are in Washington D.C. and they've been in power a while, and just everyone talks about the deep state and the uniparty. The notion that people who've held power for a long time in the House, in the Senate, they've been there for decades, many of them, and they think of themselves as kind of entitled to be there, and they think of themselves as wiser than the mere you know the mere peasants, the masses, the proletariat out there who don't really understand how complicated it is to run a country and who really need to just be more or less controlled, even though when these uniparty deep state people go back to their, their people, their district or their state, they sound like they believe in the ideas of their party. And the Republicans will come back and say, oh yeah, you know, free market, strong military, strong border. And they don't, they don't work to protect any of those things. But the point I want to get to today is, it's so interesting, and I, I made this point, sometime recently, but it's important to keep in mind, Republicans, the ones in Washington holding power, they were so threatened by Donald Trump's campaign, his theme, his MAGA agenda, and his presidency that they, because what he did, he rattled, he, you know, he just kind of shook the cages and, and just rattled, earthquake level rattled their world because he wasn't willing to just perpetuate what it is that the left wants to do all the time, what the uniparty deep state does made of Republicans and Democrats who think they govern, they rule, and what they're going to do is continue doing exactly what they've always done and continue with the, the power they control, the deals they cut, the financial benefits that flow to them as members of Congress and the Senate, the whole structure of our, the bureaucracy in Washington, their thinking is they're going to perpetuate that. Whatever gets them to their capacity to perpetuate that, that is their goal. Donald Trump stood in their way because he actually restored to the American people the idea of the love of America, the love of freedom, and the concept that you have the right to live in freedom. So many of these folks in Washington actually, and I mean including Republicans, Republican leadership in particular, they would rather lose the midterms not gain control of the House or Senate if what they could get for giving up that idea of getting power, if they could drive Donald Trump out of the potential future presidency. 
if they could prevent him running in 2024, if they could present, prevent his presence on the campaign trail and his rallies around the country, if they could just shut him down and send the message to the people who support Donald Trump's agenda that this is yesterday's news, MAGA is over, don't be thinking Make America Great Again as any, any play in America. We, the ruling party, including Republicans, do not want Donald Trump in the middle of, of interfering with our long-established and very wealth-creating corrupt system we have developed over decades. So we get to the point yesterday, it was very interesting uh, what's happened in, um, in the, uh, both in the election of leadership um, in the um, House and Senate. So, you know, we have uh, Kevin McCarthy, the uh, House Speaker, who, you know, is no friend of President Trump. I mean, he's smart enough to occasionally say friendly things on camera, but he's no friend of the MAGA agenda, no friend of the conservatives, no friend of the House Freedom Caucus, and, and no friend of the people, the, the vast majority of Republicans who are the grassroots, who drive the, the Republican vote. He's no friend of any of them. And yet, even when the Republicans have the chance in a secret ballot, just Republicans, leave the Democrats out of it. Republicans have a slim majority in the U.S. House now. I believe it's up to 220. You had to get 218 to be sure you had a majority. We've got at least 220 in the Republicans, and yet in a secret ballot, so allegedly the leadership didn't know how you're going to vote. I'm sure some of them weren't sure how secret it was. But in any case, uh, McCarthy was within that caucus reelected. So McC McCarthy is apparently headed toward becoming Speaker of the House. Again, a guy who doesn't support the MAGA agenda, doesn't like Trump, doesn't want Trump interfering with the long established, this is how we do things in Washington. Very similarly, we had a secret ballot in the Senate. Secret ballot, so it's just Republicans elected, or even if they're just just got elected and haven't been sworn in yet, they have the chance in the Senate to vote on who should be the leader. And you, you know, when you step back and think about it, Trump is the most, you know, the most vote-getting, the most popular Republican in maybe all of the history of our, our country, but certainly in recent memory. And you know, he's at least rivaling the popularity um, of Ronald Reagan and, and even more so. And he spoke up at a time of tremendous conflict and pressure spoke up for the ideas of America, and this also makes Mitch McConnell, who has many, many ties to China, he would like and has been enriched along with his wife by his ties to China, he has no interest in having Donald Trump uh, return to power. So Mitch McConnell, you know, no friend of MAGA, no friend of conservatives, no friend of the whole MAGA movement, he's apparently been by secret ballot elected again as Senate minority leader, so the leader of the Republicans. So you have, you have this this, uh, you know, playing out in America, you have the people who, uh, I would say the, the significant majority of Republicans in this country feel sure as they're sitting here, as I'm talking to you, they're sure that the 2020 election was stolen and that the 2022 midterms also had significant fraud, but there was a far larger red wave than we actually, than was reported um, when we're finally finished counting ballots. So those people are frustrated and they constitute the majority of the Republican Party. This is what's most astonishing. The populist pro-MAGA agenda people, they're in the majority in the voting Republican, uh, among voting Republicans, and yet the leadership is just saying, I don't care. The elected officials are saying, I don't care what the people want. I don't care about the MAGA agenda. We don't want this. And so we're going to perpetuate ourselves, uh, putting McConnell back in charge as a minority leader in the Senate, putting Kevin McCarthy back in charge uh, in, in, the, uh, in the House. So you know, it, it's a very challenging time. The reason I mentioned in my little caption, I mentioned Reince Priebus. Um, I put Ronna, Reince, Kevin, and Mitch. I already tell you about Kevin and Mitch, McCarthy and McConnell. So um, Ronna McDaniel, uh, current uh, RNC chair, she wants to be RNC chair again. And so she's running for that. She appears to actually have the votes within the Republican National Committee. I, I read somewhere they've done a tally and I think she has the votes. But Reince Priebus, just a, um, not my favorite person, uh, but Reince Priebus, a very, very moderate uh, Republican from, I think Minnesota, Wisconsin, oh, I forget which one it was. But in any case, um, Reince Priebus wrote a letter to the RNC committee, just saying, it's really, really important. We got to get Ronima. And he went through all the reasons why the midterm flop wasn't her fault. And the midterm flop could be, you know, of the red wave that didn't materialize. It cannot be really um, 
pinned on her, you know, because all these other things happen and factors weighed in and she's really great and she's going to raise money and she's going to be, you know, she did a great job, blah, blah. Let me tell you a couple of things. So first of all, and he's pushing, by the way, he writes previous in this letter to the RNC to convince them to vote for Ronald McDaniel again, um, who I believe you likely know is um, Senator uh, Mitt, uh, Mitt Romney's niece. In any case, the biggest points he made in this uh, letter, and by the way, everything I'm talking about today, you can read in our website. Go to americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org, and I list the articles and the links. So on the homepage under shows, drop down list of links, can read these articles. Uh, this letter that Ryan Priebus wrote to the RNC um, is basically making, among the most significant points it's making, is we need to reestablish, to reestablish and reaffirm and cement, whatever word you'd use, basically the Republican Party's place as the, you know, the the um, the need to connect with corporate America and the banking institutions. We've got to be, we've got to be the ones. They've got to be coming to us because in recent years. As the Republican Party has shifted more working class America, you know, real America, real founding America ideas, and the grassroots movement grows with millions of people voting for President Trump who are, you know, they're in unions, they are in, they're just middle income at very best, and they love the idea of restoration of America. And this rankles the country club establishment. They've been Republicans because they can rub elbows at some ritzy country club and tell each other how important they are. I mean, it is just a, so Ron's previous among the reasons that he wants Rana in um, is because she will, according to him, uh, be able to reestablish those relationships and get all that big money, big corporate banking money up back into the party. So it really is a kind of a, this article, other article is posted as using the expression, um, the civil war within the um, RNC, within GOP. It really is true. Is it, is, is the, you know, the Trump, um, MAGA, uh, you know, love America, not playing the games of the inside deep state uh, uniparty cabal, but really looking out for the interests of the American people, which includes securing the border, which includes securing trade agreements and tariff setups that encourage jobs in America, that bring jobs home to America, that believes in the ideas of America. Is that going to control the Republican Party? Or is it going to be the country club, ruling class, banking related, you know, a kind of Wall Street insider mentality? Are they, are they going to be the ones that drive the agenda for the Republican Party? It's a really, you know, it's just a very interesting time because it, it seems, though, as though people on the right should recognize we're in a time where the Democrat Party is completely immersed in the Marxist agenda. If you look, for example, just one little hint at that, if you look back, and it was shortly after World War II, when the American Communist Party, basically, this, these are the Communist Party of America, CPUSA, put out their statement saying, look, you know, we don't have to have a war to take over America for communism, to, to conquer freedom in America. We just have to have these 45 goals. It's 45 or 52, whatever it is, 51. But they articulated their goals, and they're basically destroying everything about America. You know, families, religious institutions. It's a long list. I probably go over that again sometime soon. But someone very wisely at that time chose to have that Communist Party of USA list of objectives read into the Congressional Register, because you've got to know otherwise it would have been disappeared. Because what's happened is, if you look at what the Communist Party was targeting to do, it's today's Democrat Party's agenda. It is the agenda of the Democrat Party. So I don't lightly say, I don't name call, I don't uh, overstate or make broad accusations or broad brushed you know, generalizations. The agenda the Communist Party of USA has pushed, pushed back in 1945 or 46, whatever it was, it is the, De the Democrat Party agenda for today. It's how they behave. It's what they go after. It's what they seek. So, you know, we ought to, recognizing that threat to America, it's really a shame we cannot pull together the conservatives, the people who love America, who are anti-communist, and, you know, then we get in the whole fascism, fascism discussion. But it really is kind of a, it's a sad commentary on the people like Reince Priebus and the whole Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy world. They'd rather hold on to their power in Washington and, and therefore to do that, diminish the role of Donald Trump and the millions of Americans who voted for him, 
the majority voted for him actually in 20, in 2016 and in 2020, but all those people are to be shut down so these ruling elite types can hold on to their power. It's, um, it, you know, it, it's just a time, it's a, it's a very um, challenging time in America and challenging time too that you don't have more Republicans recognizing how serious things are, or as I like to say as my shorthand, what time it is in America. For our radio listeners, I know, first of all, thank you for uh, wherever you're listening. Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk. I so very much appreciate that. If you're listening on radio, I want to tell you that, first of all, you can go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org. You can always find past shows, past interviews. Everything we do is on our website, and you can listen to this show live at our website, you're about to go off at 30 minutes past the hour to a three-minute break if you're on listening on radio, on Brightian Radio. And I want to say, don't go away. Come right back after those breaks because I'll be here talking about saving America. So um, I, I, on this uh, civil war, I will just say, I think the voices of the people need to be heard more and more by their elected officials. Um, I think that the um, you know leadership election is not a good sign because they will report the outcome, you know, the number of people who voted for the incumbent Republican Party leader in the House and Senate, um, and then, then those who voted some other way, but you don't know who did that, uh, who, who voted for the other people possibly running. I just encourage you to keep pressure on your elected officials, your Republic, if you have a Republican senator um, or your Republican House member, keep pressure on them to say, I don't like the direction McConnell is taking this country. I don't like the direction McCarthy is taking. I want you to stand up for the agenda of the pro-America, pro-freedom, pro-strong border, pro-strong military, pro-free market agenda that the American people want. You do have a role to play and keep pressing them, even though these leadership elections seem to be, um, it's now a foregone conclusion that those people will uh, continue to be in Republican Party leadership. Okay, I want to hear something that is so amazing, my friends. I mean, truly, truly amazing. So um, there was a film created uh, by Stu Peters, and it was called Died Suddenly. And I think he featured it in his website yesterday. I didn't see the whole film. I've only seen a trailer. But I'll quickly say, you all, unless you have no time at all to read news, any place you go, any online website, any place you go to gather news, you undoubtedly see stories that start with so-and-so died suddenly. And there'll be a young person's name, someone who, you know, is perfectly healthy, uh, not within the range of uh, likely, you know, passing on from old age. I mean, not old, I mean, these are younger people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and they'll have so-and-so, you know, their age next to them died suddenly. And there's so many headlines like that, that people are just, I mean, people are noticing, saying, what the heck? Why are all these people dying suddenly? And so you had um, this film made by Stu Peters. This is a little bit long of a clip to play on the show, but I want you to hear, this is just the teaser for the Stu Peters, what he put out as his um, Died Suddenly trailer for the film that was depicted on his website uh, yesterday. And I think you can still go see it there. Let's play that clip, please. Why? Why do we never believe them? These people know. These people know. Who knows? The governments know. This has been well planned. This is Agenda 2030. This is the Great Reset. Somebody mentioned to go onto Google and go into the news section and then type in died suddenly. And lo and behold, here's a whole listing of people, of articles, of people within the, that last week who died suddenly older people, but a lot of younger people throughout around the world. And then you find out they were vaccinated. And so it's like, okay, so it's the vaccine might be causing it. Most people don't want to know what's in the vaccines. But yet when we open it almost two years into this, we find that it still says intentionally blamed. In fact, nobody wants to know what's in the vaccines because, look, if people understood what was in the vaccine, they'd go apeshit. 
It's just there's something different about the blood. Something's causing this and something needs to be said. Somebody needs to look into it. I talked to other embalmers that have 30, 40, even 50 years of experience. Have you guys ever seen this stuff before? And the answer was always, I've never seen anything like it. Why is Bill Gates involved in public health? And why does public health spend the first part telling you how the world is overpopulating? And at first glance, this is a bit scary. U.S. life insurance companies have reported an overwhelming and unexplainable increase in all-cause deaths among 18 to 49-year-olds. That's a, that's a 12 sigma event, one in 800 years, 12 standard deviations above the mean. No one's even calculated that. It's apocalyptic. I thought he was protected with that Pfizer. There's a huge part of me that feels a responsibility for everything that's happened. I'm so sorry. The doctor after a while came out and said, your son's dead, you can go home now. <clears throat> Who knows? Young people are dying these days. to Mr. Hirschman, this is different, this isn't normal, is it? And he said, absolutely not. The dead can't speak for themselves, so therefore, I have to speak for them. We're connecting dots here. You know, there's no way that that type of obstruction would not cause stroke, heart failure. My sister died. Uh, she was 58, and she died suddenly on Friday of a heart attack. They will do with you what they feel like doing to you. It's the new bullet, it's the new missile, it's the new form of warfare. I want people to understand that we're in a fifth generation warfare for the heart and the mind. This is the greatest orchestrated die-off in the history of the world. There's most definitely evil in this world, and evil like we could not possibly imagine. Okay, I, I know that's extremely alarming stuff, and I and I want to, I, I will actually watch the whole film, but I want to, I'm making this point, you know, this big protect America, save America, you know, when I talk about the rise of leftism and communism and, and Marxism, it's right here in this country uh, at, at very highest levels of our government, and the ideology of Marxism is the ideology of the today's Democrat Party, you know, the way that the leftists in this country would move forward to exercise their power. They're not, I mean, Joe Biden didn't run on, I'm a communist vote for me. And neither did anyone, even um, I guess Bernie Sanders always runs on, every time he runs says that he's a, a socialist and he's really a communist. But the people who are truly bringing down America are not saying in their campaigns, I'm, I'm running to take down America. I'm running to destroy America. They set out policies and they make proposals and they explain their agenda in some way that sounds reasonable. It sounds like, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they think differently than I do, but they vote for this, but they want this, uh, or, or they are pursuing this, but some other outcome occurred. And it is really incumbent on patriots who are trying to protect this country, who love the foundational ideas of America, to look beyond what the left is just saying they intend and just look at the facts on the ground. Look what's occurring inside our country, occurring to American people. On the subject, uh, and you know, the way the left is working, the avenues of attack they have against America, it does include COVID policy. If I have time toward the end, I'll mention, as I often do in this show, I'll run through my litany, my list of other ways the left is simply effectuating their Marxist agenda in America. But on COVID, this film is just one example. This film was made by Stu Peters, who's, you know, he's not concocting theories. He's not fabricating events. 
He's reporting things that are in the news and he's saying, please look, please look at these data points. Insurance companies pointing out that they have an extremely high, unprecedented, inexplicable spike in deaths, in deaths of young people. I mean, I say young people in the average adult healthy stage of life, 19 to 45, you know, most of those people are young and healthy, and, and but they have a spike in the death rate. And, and because and they know this because they're writing out more checks to families who had life insurance and they've lost a loved one. And so you have and the other, the little piece you just heard in that trailer, were people who do uh, who are coroners who do autopsies, and they've been reporting bizarre content in the uh, veins and arteries of people who've had the COVID vaccine. I mean inexplicable, bizarre, not unprecedented. So you have, and then you have just this massive number of deaths. We've all watched, they showed a few in that little trailer, uh, you know, perfectly healthy athlete. You'd think they'd be about in the best shape of anybody, you know, dropping dead in the soccer field, dropping dead. I mean, it's just staggering. It's staggering and it's frightening. Compounded with that, um, there was a great piece, and this is up on our website too, but doctors all over this country from Dr. Peter McCullough, and uh, Dr. Simone Gold, and, and many we've had on our show and other shows, are talking about the idea uh, to start with the COVID vaccine wasn't necessary. COVID was not, was not the lethal, we're all going to die kind of uh, pandemic that was portrayed. It did, obviously people passed on, uh, people did die from COVID. Early on, we had doctors figuring out there were great treatments available and things helped. They were shut down by their own government, by their own medical boards, by their own hospitals from even telling people, hey, by the way, this is a great treatment. You'll probably be fine if you just try this. So you had the COVID, the treatment of the COVID pandemic in this country, or I don't even wanna call it pandemic, the COVID episode in this country, unprecedented censoring of doctors and researchers trying to speak to the public, threatened by their government, threatened by the medical boards, to not tell people what they know about ways to get better that don't involve waiting for the vaccines. And real censoring of people trying to question the vaccines. In fact, Biden's Department of Homeland Security actually included as a domestic terrorist somebody who challenges or questions the government's COVID vaccine policies. They said they actually wrote out in a Department of Homeland Security bulletin, you might be a domestic terrorist if you challenge or question the government's COVID vaccine policies. Compounded with that, our homepage today, and again, everything I talk about is on our website, americacanwetalk.org, on the homepage, under shows, drop down list of links. There was a great piece in Epoch Times, or E-P-O-C-H, I used to always say Epic Times, and then I heard one of their reporters being interviewed. He said Epoch Times, whatever. I want to tell you that they were going back a little bit of history to mention this. And I have a really important point why I'm bringing all this up today about the um, Died Suddenly uh, documentary and this story. So, you know, there's a, there was a, the COVID first came along and then most doctors said, oh, great, we're working on a vaccine. Let's, let's rock and roll on this. So there's a British cardiologist named Dr. Asim Malhatra. And he was originally all on board with the vaccines, giving the vaccines as a doctor, you know, uh, administering them and, and supporting them and all of that. And then um, in July of 2021, he experienced a terrible personal loss. His dad passed away shortly after receiving the vaccine. His dad was 73, which he's described as this young man who's the doctor, Dr. Asim Ahatra, knew his father, had given him the vaccine, had examined him, knew he was healthy, had no heart problems, uh, you know, was just a healthy guy, um, and yet his father died of a heart attack. And as this Dr. Mahatra looked into it, um, he became very, very, and they, they, there was a, a postmortem finding after his uh, doctor passed away, his dad passed away, of two severe blockages in his coronary arteries, didn't make any sense with everything he knew as a cardiologist, um, and also because he intimately knew his dad's lifestyle and his dad's health. So then he began to look at data emerging other places that suggest a possible link between the mRNA vaccines and the increased risk of heart attacks from a mechanism of increasing inflammation around the coronary arteries. 
And so then he, the same doctor in England, and this is a little bit of history if you're thinking, I know, I know, I know, I have a good point while I'm telling you this. So this doctor then uh, ended up connecting with a very prestigious university in the United Kingdom, in the UK, and talked to a cardiologist there at this university and said, you know, are, are you finding this too? To which this doctor said, yes, we are. In our department, we are finding the same thing, similar research, but the researchers at the university in the UK who discovered that there was an inordinate number of deaths flowing from the vaccines, they said, this according to Dr. Mohatra, the university doctor said, the university did not report this, chose not to report it, in fact, to cover it up because they were worried, worried about losing funding from the pharmaceutical industry. So the pharmaceutical companies cooking all this up are then making doctors at universities feel threatened. So then uh, next point um, that they went on to was, um, this is this is the Epoch Times article is talking about, it is Dr. Peter McCullough talking about he came to, he examined data, came to the same conclusions. And so he's trying to say, you know, there's inordinate damage being done to people's hearts because of these vaccines. And again, I know listeners, you're saying, this is like yesterday's news, why are you telling me this? The reason I'm telling you this is this, just think about the fact that the, you know, uh, sudden death, unexplained death, sudden unexplained deaths are happening by the, you know, leaps and bounds and, 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 you know, unprecedented. And then doctors around the country are reporting this data, reporting it. And, and, and if you're in government, if you are, you know, Joe Biden or Dr. Fauci, or if you're anyone in the American government, you know more data than the average American person because many countries are putting out this data showing that the vaccines are very dangerous and we don't, we don't need to be administering them. Uh, you, uh, some countries are pulling back and saying, you know, unless you're in some severe risk group, you shouldn't even be getting these. Some are pulling back all the mRNA vaccines and all these people in our government know more than we do because we've had our government very much withholding data related to the COVID, uh, the reaction of the COVID vaccines. And I'm telling you that all this to lead up to saying, if you and I, if any sane person who loved their country, who had as a primary goal to keep their citizens safe, to keep them healthy, to protect them from harm, to protect them from dangerous things, the only sane reaction you'd be having as a government official is to say, whoa, let's put a put on the brakes on these vaccines. What are we doing? Well, I mean, there's all this data showing it's harmful and we have treatments that are extremely effective. We have, you know, it's basically the still, the, the statistic still stands. It is 99% of people who contract COVID will get over it just fine, will not die. And so you have, you know, you have, and people have had COVID, they've used the various treatments, all the doctors have been suggesting. I'm getting to the point that you have that data and you are not, instead of trying to alert the American people and, and wake them up and urge them to, you know, talk to their own doctors, get a multitude of opinions, you, you might even just say, you know, we're certainly going to put, a, a, a put on the brakes about pushing more vaccines and future vaccines related to COVID. You have our government, the CDC, pushing out the agenda of the, of, I mean, excuse me, the FDA of young children who have zero risk, zero risk. They mostly won't contract it and they most certainly will just breeze through it like having a cold or a flu. They're not in danger of dying. And yet the FDA is pushing COVID vaccines on children. And our government, you know, Biden goes back and forth, but the last, the, the story thing I wanted to mention related to all this is, so Biden, who previously said they were going to back down, in fact, they had uh, his former White House press uh, spokesperson, Jem Psaki, said, you know, uh, there's never going to be a COVID mandate. There's never going to be a COVID vaccine mandate. There's never going to be a threat to your travel or freedom. For a She actually said that. And now we have Biden goes over to the G20 and signed on signed on to, along with the other G20 countries, signed on to a, uh, basically, a uh, international agreement with many countries saying they're going to put in place, uh, signing this declaration, um, they're going to have a uh, COVID international uh, vaccine passport. 
an international vaccine passport. So now I know that the people, the defenders, and well, he didn't exactly say that. I'll tell you what he said. In fact, I'll tell you what he signed on to. What he signed on to uh, talks about the idea that everyone in the whole world has to, you know, be doing the same thing. Uh, if you look through the language they use, the declaration pertains to facilitating seamless international travel. Uh, you have to have the WHO um, mRNA vaccine technology transfer hub, which is a World Health Organization thing that the White House is saying they support. They want to have global health track and trace for the vaccine passport system. Biden signed on to this. And I'm not just griping about a freedom issue because it, it's a freedom issue all by itself. Our federal government should not be even thinking of signing on to something, even if they say, well, it's not enforceable, it's not a, a federal law, it's just an international agreement. The pressure will be overwhelming. You will end up losing your freedom if you don't go along with the vaccine passport mentality and the continue the new vaccines and the next vaccine, the next round of viruses, the next round. All of that is wrapped up in what the Biden administration is committing to here. You'll end up losing your freedom. And it's not like you're going to lose your freedom, but after all, uh, you're going to be forced to get a truly safe vaccine. You're going to get a vaccine where the, the damage data is breathtaking, alarming. Out, out, I can't even think of a word. Outrageous. So we have this wonderful documentary put together by Stu Peters. I am going to watch the whole thing um, and urge you to do that too. But, you know, this idea, all these sudden deaths, sudden unexpected deaths of young people who are healthy, and the answer of the President of the United States is to get on board with a push toward international vaccine passports that include the track and trace element. We know where you've been. You know, we know who's been near you. We know what you've shots you've taken. People, this is, I, I mean, this alone is enough to understand you are watching COVID being used as a vehicle to take down freedom in America, to instill Marxism or communism in this country. You'll be a regulated society just like China. I have more things to say about that, but I did have one other topic I want to just quickly hit on, hit on today. Um, I'm going to have to come back to it because there's all sorts of data talking about the that I can't get into um, today without um, foregoing my last topic. I, last, last quick thing I will tell you that I'm going to tell you about this more, but on the subject of COVID, did you realize, um, someone sent me this story, the Massachusetts Department of Public Health, so the the state agency, the Massachusetts Department of Public Health, coordinated with Google, you know, the, your big brother spy, to secretly install COVID spyware into one million cell phones. The government cooperating with Google, which is practically a governmental entity, it's, it's the, one of the mouthpieces of the Democrat Party, and worked to secretly install, and this is actually an allegation in a lawsuit with the lawsuits plowing forward, uh, over a million Android phones, class action lawsuit alleging Google allegedly urged by the government to install spyware and cell phones during COVID-19 as a method of contact tracing. Uh, people, we cannot allow this presumption of the government's right to spy on us, to follow us around, to track and trace, to order what we have to take in terms of vaccines. We really, we must refuse to do that. Okay, last story for today. And these are actually, I have some videos I want to show you, so I really got to be sure we have time for it. So uh, very quickly, uh, this rise in freedom, this rising freedom movement in the world, it's just a beautiful thing. In America, you're seeing it. Um, throughout the, um, you know, I mean, the really the whole MAGA agenda was a freedom movement rising up against uh, all of the big government, uh, uniparty, cabal control over America. But the stolen election uh, in America has been this this phenomenon has been repeated in other places around the world. Uh, I will just make a quick plug for Carrie Lake. She is not giving up in her race to be governor of Arizona. Uh, the alleged result, I think it was like. 50.1 to 49.9 or something ridiculous. I mean, where, you know, we've been down that, that rabbit hole many times at Kerry Lake. I love her fight. She is not just letting the obvious, overwhelming, ridiculous level of fraud in Maricopa County in Arizona. She's not just saying, well, I guess they cheated. I lost too. She's still in the fight. God bless her. Okay. I want to mention very quickly. So we have these videos. Um, I think you likely know that in Brazil, they have an election now. It's been two or three weeks, I think, now. And they claim that this guy Lula won. Uh, Lula, closely tied to the Chinese Communist Party, 
I mean, closely tied to Xi Jinping. Uh, so this, let me translate that for you. China getting in the middle of the Brazil elections, like they get in the middle of our elections. But anyway, China get in the middle of Brazil elections and supposedly Lula wins. Again, very, very close. In fact, it was very much like here. I think it was 50.1 or 49.9, really, really close. Uh, and he uh, defeated the incumbent uh, president named Bolsonaro. And again, also in Brazil, the people are not having it. They're not willing to just tolerate was obviously a stolen election. There are many, many, many videos out there. I was you can hit that one if you can, please. Uh, um, Emilio, put that one video about Brazil and just look at the size of the protest. Okay, well, yeah, I was going to tell you, you could list, there are, there are dozens of those videos. It's amazing. There are estimated to be 3 million people in the streets of Brazil. And this is now, it's been, as I say, it's like three weeks ago, I think. 3 million people in the streets, they're saying, we're not going to tech, accept this. We're not going to take this. You can't steal our country. This is communism stealing. This is very much, very much like uh, Biden allegedly uh, defeating Donald Trump. Bolsonaro is a Trump kind of guy. In fact, he had really big rallies. People, he's a he's a Brazil first. He's a love freedom, love my people, stand up for my country. And allegedly, Bolsonaro defeated by this, you know, guy who affiliates with the communists. Um, very very left leaning guy in every conceivable policy. And I just have to say, it's a, it's proof of the idea. If you want to stand up for freedom against in corrupt elections. You have to be willing to fight. The people in Brazil are in the streets. I don't have time for the video. Or I'll just quickly mention about what's happening in um, Iran. Uh, in Iran, they had protests continuing in the streets. Iranian clerics are trying to uh, crack down on it. You know, they very much have the Sharia, uh, just oppressive, barbaric, ancient. You know, I, I mean, just, it's impossible to think of nasty enough adjectives to describe Sharia. And in particular, in Iran, they have the women have to be covered. And they had a young woman who didn't properly have her burqa on, had part of her, too much of her face showing. Young woman arrested in September and literally beaten to death in prison by the Iranian uh, prison officials. And the protests are ongoing in Iran. And it's a really big deal, the protests in Iran, because they don't really have anything like our equivalent of freedom of speech. You're not really ever supposed to be able to challenge the Sharia, the Islamic authorities, but the people there have had enough. I'm telling you, you can look at the world and say the communists are on the march and, they're in, and the Marxists are on the march in America. Or you can look at the world and say freedom is on the march. People are finally waking up to how dangerous the Marxist, socialist, communist worldview is, which is embraced by, which is the World Economic Forum, is the New World Order, is the whole thing that the globalists are trying to do. That's all wrapped up in that just sinister, ugly, tyrannical idea of government that they get to control you and you're just going to sit there and take it. And I have to tell you, I love it. The people in this world, the freedom lovers in this world, they are standing up and they are speaking up. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I, I'll mention in Europe, I'm just I, I'll quickly touching on it, then I got to rock and roll. Uh, but in Europe, um, there are protests ongoing now because of these idiotic climate, unjustified climate alarmism policies that are now causing people in Europe to realize they're heading toward winter and they don't have enough fuel. They literally don't have enough fuel to keep their houses warm. And there are people saying, you know what, we're just not going to take this. We're just not going to, uh, and they're, they're going to push and push and push um, with the idea that they're going to insist that they're going to have, um, you know, they're going to have, they're going to force their government to change policies to allow the, uh, for they have adequate energy sources, adequate fuel to keep their homes warm this winter. I mean, the idea in this modern time with all of the energy available that people in, in civilized countries, it, this is another aspect of socialism and communism, another agenda item the left uses to take away your freedom. COVID is one of them and so is climate change. And there's just, and I'll tell you the media in America, you have to look really hard 
in the media in America to even discover that in Brazil they're still protesting the theft of the election from Bolsonaro, or to recognize they're still protesting in Germany and other places the um, you know the lunatic climate policy things that are causing people to be told you're going to have to live and and um, and not be not be warm enough in the winter. There is a freedom movement, and really going back to America and tying back to my first five. America must remain the freedom leader of the world. America must remain committed to the ideas of our founding, which are the concepts of freedom of the individual, to live freedom of the individual, God-given freedoms that you have the right to possess and you must insist on them. The world needs America to be America so they understand that they have a, they have a place to look to, a goal to look to, to say, yeah, we're not putting up with this either. We're going to stand up and speak up for freedom. At the close of every show, I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started our show today on Thanksgiving, thanking God for America. Thanksgiving is a uniquely American holiday, not just thanks for food and shelter and other material comforts. It's always been about giving thanks to God for family and freedom, including freedom to worship God, even before there was a country called the United States of America. And now Thanksgiving should embrace giving thanks to God for the founding of the United States of America, echoing Bible's promises of freedom, enshrining God-given rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all men and women, abolishing monarchs, rulers, limiting the powers of government in favor of individual rights. No country before or since 1776 has had a spiritual foundation comparable to the USA. That is why it's under attack from atheists and communists. That's why patriots must fight to preserve it. And in the GOP civil war, Ron Ryan's Kevin Amitch, MAGA movement is the base of the GOP. But the GOP leadership hates Trump and therefore has no respect, even contempt, for the MAGA base. Will tolerate losing national elections if it means neutering Trump as a political force. Ronald McDaniel, Kevin McCarthy, and Mitch McConnell appear headed to a return to their positions of GOP power, defying the wishes of the MAGA base. This is a disconnect that cannot continue. The MAGA base wants secure borders, energy independence, election integrity, integrity institutions, in institutions, economic stability, an end to wokeness. But if the GOP leadership won't move aggressively to act on MAGA priorities, the GOP may eviscerate itself as a cohesive political party. GOP uniparty fixation with destroying Trump, blinding them to the will of the people. The GOP thinks they destroyed the Tea Party and they will destroy MAGA. They didn't and they won't. Tumultuous times are ahead. And on died suddenly, doctors and data versus Biden and passports. New documentary, Died Suddenly, has gathered the growing inescapable data documenting that COVID vaccines are not close to safe and effective by historical standards. COVID vaccines are causing injury and death on an unprecedented scale. Left-wing censors cannot block all the data. It is showing up in mortality rates, life insurance data, data from other countries. It is showing up in the personal lives of millions of people around the world. Yet Biden administration presses on with moves toward vaccine passports and continues national advertising during football games to urge vaccination. No rational way to reconcile death and injury data with the continued promotion of COVID vaccines. Americans increasingly distrustful of government and the medical industry. Suspicions of a dark and ugly agenda keep growing. Are they unfounded? And on freedom fighters around the world rising up, Brazil and Iran and Europe. Legacy media will not cover these stories, but the reality is millions of people worldwide are standing for freedom and against corruption. Brazilians are protesting their stolen presidential election. Iranians are protesting against their tyrannical, rigid, theocratic regime. Europeans are protesting against scarce energy brought about by climate change alarmism. Even the Chinese are protesting draconian COVID lockdowns. Watch for similar protests to erupt in Arizona if the absolute mess of a corrupted 2022 election is certified by Arizona officials. Governments defying the righteous indignation of the people is not sustainable anywhere on the globe. Global election rigging has crossed the line of too obvious. Freedom 
is still the unstoppable force. She just takes time to manifest itself. And that, my very fine friends, as America Can We Talk for today, I wish each of you a happy, blessed, delicious, fun, relaxing, prayerful, grateful Thanksgiving. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. This show will be back live on Monday, November 28th, live talking to you about saving America. And in the meantime, if you're not signed up for our newsletter, quickly go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, sign up for our newsletter, make a contribution to keep this show rolling, and join America Can We Talk. You can do all of those things right at our website, americacanwetalk.org. Truly wish all of you a blessed and happy Thanksgiving, and I'll talk to you next time. about America. Can you hear